1: Welcome back to the Wine Podcast for Everyone. On this episode, we challenge the classic food and wine pairings with updated alternatives. Chuck features a red blend from Italy, and I taste Pinot Noir from Chile.
0: So you've had a Pinot Noir from Sur before. You liked it, so you bought this other Pinot Noir from them. That's a good move. How do you like it?
1: Yeah, I really liked their first Pinot Noir of theirs that I tried, four stars. It's on my top picks page. And so I thought I'd grab another Pinot Noir offering from the same winery, that's Connoisseur. I found this vegan organic Pinot Noir at uh, two and a half, three bucks more than the other bottle that I previously reviewed. It's Pinot Noir. So I'm looking for and got cherries, some black cherry, ripe cherry, great mouthfeel. It's bright. It's juicy. Just the right level of tartness for, for my liking. Um, It did miss a little bit of a jammy note or that sort of lingering ripe fruit taste that you would get with a Pinot. Um, I did try it right when I opened it. I've been sipping it through this episode it hasn't changed too much so i'm not expecting great things with uh, air contact great to see uh organic and vegan and it was a complete coincidence that uh, i think you're going to be talking about an organic vegan wine uh in a minute mine just happened to be organic and vegan too we no, yeah, it just no plans now. why is it vegan like what are they putting in wine that's animal product or not vegan friendly that's a great question As part of the winemaking process, the wine comes into contact with Animal derived things. Clarifiers, usually. Yeah, exactly. They're called, it's the process is called fining. So after you filter a wine, there is particulate, there's little bits of floating stuff in it. We tend to like crystal clear wine. And to get that crystal clear step, you could put products derived from cows or chickens or fish. And that goes put into the wine and it uh, causes all that stuff to sink to the bottom of the winemaking vessel because the wine has come into contact with those. I guess you could say it's in it and therefore not vegan. Yep. Once you add some of these finding agents that are made
0: with animal product, there's no way to get 100% of it out. So technically, if you drink some wines, you broke your vegan status. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm i sure a vegan would know that, but I think I just our everyday listener probably has never stopped and asked themselves, is wine vegan? Chances are it's not. Chances are no. Unless it says it is, probably not. Connoisseur 2020 Pinot Noir, 3 out of 5 stars, $14.05. So Chuck, amongst your friends and family, what is the number one question you're asked? Red or white? Every time. Yep, same here. We don't even have to be eating anything. No. (laughs) People either ask me if I prefer red or white. That's sort of the second most common question I get, but it's if I'm eating this dish, should I be drinking red wine or white wine? I wouldn't say it's a should situation. I'd say, well, what do you like drinking? A 100% agree. There's no right or wrong answer to this question. There are better answers than some, but yeah, drink what you like overall. Okay, that makes sense. There's definitely, there's some foods that just work well with some wines. It's
0: like those multiple choice test questions where There's a few correct answers, but some
1: are more correct than others. Yeah, some some are just wrong. It happens. There are some wrong choices for sure. So there's there's classics, you know, red wine, steak. It, it's a classic. Classic. And that's just because of the way big bold red wines are made and the things that happen to steak at a chemical level when you cook them and when you put the two together, it just it just works. Now what if you were eating a steak though? You just don't like red. You never drink red. But steak... Steaks on the menu, that is the the correct question, and I think it creates a lot of concern with people because they're doing it wrong and they're not going to enjoy it. So, in sommelier talk, when we think about putting food and wine together or pairing is the term, we think about contrasting or comparing. When we contrast, let's think about spicy food for a second then I'm probably going to steer you towards a sweeter wine. So that's when I contrast the two flavors. When I compare flavors, let's say I have a sweet dessert wine, as it says in the name dessert, I'm going to go with something sweet for the food or like we just talked about a big meaty barbecue flavor. I'm going to compare that to a big red wine. Makes sense. I think what we should do is break down some of the classic foods, some cuisines, what you think is the right wine and what is is a great alternative now.
0: Yeah, great idea. Let's try it.
1: All right. The perennial favorite, steak and potatoes, ribs American. off American, American, yeah. Sort of classic American dishes. So I think everybody knows the answer to this. You know, it's going to be Cabernet Sauvignon. It's going to be a Shiraz. But you said a moment ago, what if you just don't like red wine? Yeah, you got to serve me something. You're a terrible
0: host if you don't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think this is where a Chardonnay shows up and does a good job because it's a big white. It's one of the... F- fuller body whites, probably maybe the fullest. It's, there's a couple of they're a little bit bigger, but they tend to be on the sweeter side or so. Uh, but for, you know, everyday wine drinking, Chardonnay. And I'm going to be a little controversial. Some people know my thoughts on oak Chardonnay versus un-oaked. I'm going to talk about that more later. But an oak Chardonnay, an oak Chardonnay can work in these circumstances because it's going up against such big bold flavors.
0: This is the only spot I'd want an oak Chardonnay, really, with American fare. Everywhere else, I'll drink chardonnay but yeah i know yeah what if we start going down the line alphabetically like british? british i love shepherd's pie fish and chips i know typically you're gonna go for a guinness or a pint yeah. but we're keeping it classy here i need a glass of wine what am i drinking with a shepherd's pie let's say
1: i would go with a shiraz actually just because you're going to have so many big flavors that you're trying to combat in the uh, delicious fried foods. Here, let me try one with you. Chinese. And Chinese takeaway is what comes to mind. And this applies to a lot of Asian cuisine just because of the flavor profiles and the spices. So we're not lumping necessarily everybody together, but there is some really aromatic spices in Asian cuisines, specifically around Chinese food. When you think about fried rice and noodles and sweet and sour, what is, the classic. How would you put a, a white wine to this, Chuck?
0: I would reach for off dry Riesling Gortz Treminer blend. Mm, it's got a little bit of sweetness because a lot of that food does lean to the sweet side. Yeah. So I think that'd be an all right combination.
1: I think that works. That works. And it it just plays nicely that with the with the cuisine. I was recently asked this by a friend who was having Chinese takeaway and all they had was red. And I suggested a Pinot Noir or a Malbec. A Malbec is a little bit softer than, you know, cabs. You can easily find it in, at almost any wine store. And it actually works really well. well let's move over to french this is this is an interesting one because well the french make a lot of food and a lot of good wine (laughs) they do i bet it goes well together yeah that's and that's an interesting part you know we're going to talk about spain in a minute but if you're Cooking a cuisine from a certain country, and that's a wine-producing country, stick with their wine. Nine out of ten, it it just works. Yeah. And you don't have to think about it. Yeah, exactly. French is interesting because they will cook with wine quite often. So, beef bourguignon comes to mind hmm. It's got bacon in it. It's got mushrooms. It's got pearl onions, you know, beef, slow cooked. But what they're cooking it with is effectively Pinot Noir. Burgundy. Burgundy. Exactly. So Pinot Noir, beef bourguignon, perfect. It's red. Um, an alternative to for, for like something like a beef bourguignon, if you were looking for a white So it's really tough. That's one of those foods where it's really tough to go to a white. If you absolutely wanted to, I would go with just a uh, a white French table wine. They're usually primarily Chardonnay. They're usually unoaked. They're really good. They kind of go with with anything. But if you have the uh, Burgundy or Pinot Noir, you're just going to have a great experience with those two together. Sticking in the Eurozone. What about German? Schnitzel's Oktoberfest sausage. You know, they make great Rieslings for a reason. It works. Yeah. yeah. A German Riesling, solid choice. Yeah. If I had to go with a red with sort of the German fair, I think it's pretty flexible. I think sort of a Cab Merlot blend would work mm-hmm. nicely because it's just yeah. it's just not as sharp. Let's go down to Greece. I love Greek food. I think it's flavorful. It's it's light. It's Mediterranean. There's way more seafood than I think we think about in North America as being truly Greek. It's a little like
0: the Chinese food here. Like we got our, our version of Chinese food here. We got our version of Greek food here. We keep to the stereotypical stuff. <laughs>
1: Right. I think with with Greek food, the classic would be uh, light, crisp white. So a Sauvignon Blanc is going to go really nice with all those flavors, you know, oregano spice and olive oil. Delicious. So why wouldn't you suggest a Greek wine? The major reason is... Greek wine is not easy to come by. Uh, there is usually some at the liquor store or wine store, but uh, very few. So if you're having
0: Greek food and you weren't a white drinker,
1: possibly Merlot would be a good suggestion yeah, absolutely Merlot okay it's just uh you know it's not gonna be it's not gonna be fighting any of the food it's a it's a good supporting character, yeah, good choice, yeah. And they use a lot of spice and herb in their cooking, so mm-hmm. Merlot would be a nice uh, backseat to it, okay. Another big spice bomb is Indian cuisine. So rich, so so delicious. Thinking butter chicken, biryanis, chana masala. What, what would you want to sort of work against or work with? You want to balance
0: off some of the heat. I think so. A lot of people wouldn't guess this at first. I wouldn't have guessed it at first, but a sweeter rosé mm. is a hit with Indian food. You never guess it, but once you try it, I think that's the one to go to.
1: And it... Also works with Thai, because Thai is so aromatic and can be somewhat spicy, depending on how you like it. Oh, yeah. The rosés, again, your perfect point, slightly sweeter. You don't want those dry rosés. When you take a really dry wine and put it up against spice, it just makes the wine seem drier and the spicy spicier. Yeah. I think on Indian, if you had to pick a red again, I'm going to go back to the Malbec and this is the second time I've, I've pointed that out. And I hope if you're listening, this is uh, you know, make a note M-A-L-B-E-C. Great, grape. Tough to say this, but it, it it's kind of, it's less than a cab. It's more than a Merlot. It's quite fresh and juicy. I, I really like. It. Where do you like buying them from country wise? The uh, South American Malbecs, the, um, Argentina, Chile has some, uh, really good. All right. Next is Italian. I'm not going to I don't I don't have much to say on the topic. Chucks our in-house expert. Yeah, I'll do this one. No problem.
0: Your Italian foods, pastas, pizzas, hard cheeses, antipastos. If you're a red drinker, you're going to go Sangiovese, which is what Chianti's made from. And if you're a white drinker, you're going to go Pinot Grigio, which will go with a lot of those foods just as well. So really, you got your choice with Italian food when you're choosing your wine
1: what about a red for a, something a little bit different a red for a big meaty ragu or lasagna
0: to go beefier if you're looking at an under 20 price point you can go primitivo mm, good call which is actually the same grape as zinfandel
1: right yeah that'd be nice that's something different so it sounds like you're saying any of the solid any solid italian table wine specifically especially chianti sangiovese is is a good pairing almost every time when when you say pinot grigio for a white alternative you mean italian pinot grigio not like a canadian
0: that's right uh, an italian pinot grigio they're pretty different than the canadian north american ones yeah
1: really different
0: yeah you're not going to get as much fruit on them right i think it's more it leans more towards of a mineral
1: yeah it's a floral mineral floral mineral yeah, yeah. and even even in the floral that's pretty tame like floral yeah. citrus little grassy green even even like the Colors even sometimes a little green. You know, we just did a whole episode on Sparkling Wine, break out the Prosecco. Prosecco is a great choice for antipasto. Yeah. Risotto. Prosecco. Sure. Delicious. Yeah. Let's move over to Japan. And the first, this is going to be the first time we talk about non-grape wine on this podcast. Sake. Sake. Rice wine classic. It's great. The question is, hot or cold? Because you can serve it both ways. Yeah, I'll take a cold shot. Yeah, I prefer myself. cold too. Yeah. yeah. There's something about it when they heat it. The alcohol, in my memory serves me correctly, the alcohol really starts to jump out and I, I didn't like it.
0: Yeah, I'm not too into any hot alcoholic beverages. I don't like mulled wine. I don't like anything warm. That's boozy, I don't think. Yeah,
1: I am I'm, I'm think I'm on the same page as you. I like the smell of it and, and then I tasted it and it's not doesn't line up made my brain hurt what's sake really tastes like it's a delicate subject because there is there is a lot of nuance. It's very subtle. I haven't had a lot of sake. So like this is not, you know, we're never going to do an episode about sake. But uh, what I remember is it's being um, subtle and um, it was nice to drink.
0: I didn't like it. So what else am I going to drink with sushi?
1: Fair. Uh, I think this is where the Gertzerminer comes back because you have that nice sweetness. There's a florality to it and, you know, a little bit of wasabi. You know, it can Stand up against that. The Gertz is maybe having a hard time with some of the tempura and the fattier stuff, but you know it's all going to be sweet and nice and mouth coating, and I I, I would enjoy that.
0: Yeah, that sweet could cut through some of that grease or oil from the fried stuff. I think I think it would work.
1: Yeah, and tempura is not like fried chicken greasy. It's a no, kind of a different deal.
0: Keeping in the region like Korean, you got your bulgogi,
1: barbecue beef, kimchi. Yeah, lots of big flavors again. You've got some really good grilled meats, but you have the spice. So you got to be careful with that. If you were going to, I don't think there's a classic pairing with Korean, but I would probably go towards a white sauvignon blanc with a bit of acid in it. So, you know, those Korean short ribs are delicious, but they're a little fatty. And I think that would work. And then Spain. This is one of those Spanish food is amazing. And we're talking about Spain, uh, not necessarily Spanish-speaking countries. And they grow a lot of wine there, a lot. And I think you would do well to grab a Tempranillo, which is their most commonly grown grape, easy to find anywhere, as a as a red. And when I think Spain, my my brain goes to red wine is is probably the classic. I think so too. Yeah. And it's Tempranillo when I think of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, And then on a white, I'm going to go with Verdeo just because it's availability you know tempranillo and verdeo maybe a little bit stereotypical for spain but they're just easy to find and they're good they're good (laughs) that's true they are good but they're readily available yeah we're just going to play a little game now uh chuck i've picked three foods that i want you to pair wine for and and i know you have three for me uh so let's do this little rapid fire yeah all right shoot do you actually eat these though or are these just weird ones you picked you know really randomly i will drink wine with anything but do you eat these foods that you're going to ask me to pair with? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. You eat these foods. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. No, you know, if it was like, you know, a sea urchin, you know, no, I don't like sea urchin. So I wouldn't even know what to put with it. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Blueberry pie. Blueberry
0: pie. You go maybe some ice wine.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hard oh, to find under 20 be. bucks. That's true. That's true. Um, A sparkling. Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah, so I would try sparkling.
1: I like that. Egg salad sandwich.
0: Egg salad sandwich. On white. <laughs> on white. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I could see a Chardonnay. You read my mind. Is that right? Yeah. 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 Oaked or unoaked again, it actually could work. It could go either way on that. If, yeah. if you like the oak, it could work there. Yeah. It's just the, the, the creaminess, the mayonnaise-iness. Uh, I think so. The oak works. Barbecue chips.
0: Barbecue chips. Not a red, I don't think, because that's going to amp up the
1: heat. It could. Of the
0: barbecue.
1: There's no you're wrong into answer. That. You tell me what you would do. Yeah, barbecue chips. You like ruffles? Oh, you like, the, like ridges the ridges and the chips? Yes. Crunch. That
0: changes everything. Off-dry rosé, optionally sparkling. Like that. That makes a lot of sense. All right, your turn, or my turn. All right, so these are things I actually eat. So, starting it off, classic poutine. For those who don't know, what poutine is. Canadian delicacy. It's French fries with gravy and cheese curds. In the States, some of them, some of the people in the States call them disco fries. Mm. Fries and gravy, we call it poutine here. Poutine. Putin. I say poutine. Not like what the do I drink
1: president with? of Russia, Putin. No. Not. No. Poutine. Poutine. Putin. 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 <laughs> Putin. I mean, if you're going to go for poutine, then go big or go home, Zinfandel. All the way, California, Zinfandel.
0: That's a good choice, Yeah. Skipping the dishes. A Wendy's Dave's double with fries. Oh, so good. Shiraz. That is correct. Australian specifically. Also correct. More correct. It's way past dinner at this
1: point. Alright. I shouldn't eat. I gotta eat though. I'm hungry. It's like one. And it's you're, mac and cheese. You're you're making mac and cheese and opening wine at one o'clock in the morning. I like how you roll. That's that's a commitment to the craft. <laughs> Now hang on. Hmm. We have questions. There's important questions. Homemade mac and cheese or the blue box, the KDE, the good stuff. We call it craft dinner here. Yeah. I don't have
0: time at or the gumption at one in the morning to be making a little bechamel. Oh, not at that time. <laughs> I'm hungry now. I'm mad that
1: the box craft dinner takes ten minutes. Right. New world Pinot Grigio. Yep. You get a little bit of fruit, a little slightly sweet, kind of dry. It's, it's, it's supporting the mac and cheese. It's not overwhelming it.
0: A Canadian Pinot Grigio? Yeah. Canadian Pinot Grigio mac and cheese from the box. Delicious. We're coming off the holiday season right now, so I've had a lot of sparkling. I've had a lot of red. I've had a lot of white. You I'm a little wined out. Did I stop
1: drinking wine? No. No, no. No, no, no I no. didn't. You just uh, choose something a little lighter. Fresco
0: di Massi Rosso. It tastes like red cherry, pomegranate, and strawberry. It's a nice light bodied dry red that's made without oak barrel to mix it up a little. It's a blend of Corvina and Merlot grape varietals. It has the word fresco in the title. Fresco means fresh in Italian. It does taste fresh. An excellent wine for antipasto and charcuterie boards. This wine is organic, vegan. This wine is sustainable. And what made you pick this wine? So this was an interesting bottle because the way they make this wine was what interested me in this bottle. The grapes are harvested at the coolest time of the day and immediately pressed and made into the wine. It's fermented only with the natural yeast found on the grape skins. It's decanted and then bottled unfiltered. Fresco di Massi Rosso, $18.95,
1: 4 out of 5 stars. Hey, before we go, we're really excited about the next episode of the Wine Podcast for everyone. We're taking on a challenge to see how long we can make leftover wine last. We all have leftover wine, so we're going to figure out
0: what's the best way to keep it fresh over a few days. Is it leaving it on the counter, putting it in the fridge, putting it in the freezer? So we're going to check in with you when we initially open. We're going to give you a quick tasting. On night two, we're going to try them as well. On night three, we're going to try them again. And then in a week, we're going to try a wine that we froze to see just how well that method
1: stands up. Be sure to tune in for episode six. It drops on January 20th. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Wine Podcast for everyone. Be sure to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts as it helps other people find us. Yeah, tell
0: your friends about the podcast. We know they drink wine too.
1: (laughs) For more information on any of the wines we discussed, go to nosnobwine.com or check the show notes for links. The Wine Podcast for everyone is a production of No Snob Media.